You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. If you enter my mind for any reason, I will twist your head off and use it for a chamber pot. Are you going to arrest me, Garibaldi? No way. I want to live to see the future. Mr. Bonova, Mr. Shelf, anybody else? Shoot him. We are star stuff. We are the universe made manifest, trying to figure itself out. All of us was for nothing. Unless we go to the stars. Sooner or later. Boom! Hello, and welcome to the Epsilon 3, a Babylon 5 rewatch podcast. Each week, we review an episode of the 1990s sci fi TV classic Babylon 5. This week, Season 1, Episode 18, Babylon Squared. I'm Paul. I'm Dan. I'm Sean. And, and we, we are, are the, the Epsilon, Epsilon 3. And the synopsis for this episode? Babylon 4 reappears at the same place it disappeared four years earlier. And Sinclair and Garibaldi lead an expedition to evacuate its crew. Meanwhile, Delenn is summoned by the Grey Council. They inform her that they have selected her as the new leader. Written by JMS and directed by Jim Johnson, this episode was released on August the 10th, 1994, and takes place in July 2258. And this week's guest stars. I love this name. This is the name you should have taken, Sean. Kent Broadhurst. A good strong name. You may also know me from... And he mm-hmm. plays Major Krantz. Tim Choit as Zathras. Denise Gentile as Lise Hampton. And Mark Hendrickson as Grey Council Number 2. Now, the reason I mentioned him... Is do you recognize him at all? No, no, no. He's only been in uh, Midnight on the Firing Line, where he was the non captain who crashed the ship. Oh. The Parliament of Dreams as Durog, the War Prayer as Thegras, the Sky Full of Stars as Grey Council Number One. So he's been demoted. Oh dear, what did he do? Mm. Death Walker as Ashok. And Survivors, he was in Survivors, Alien Number One. And now he's playing Grey Council Number Two. And he's in another about 12 episodes in the future. Wow. He's a regular Jeffrey Coombs. Yes, that's right. He's played the mm. same person a couple of times. Um, and every other time, somebody different. Ooh. There you go. So, guys, what did we think of this episode? I think we have been eagerly anticipating it all season long. It's one of my favorites from season one. Uh, as everybody knows, I love time travel, and who doesn't love tachyon emissions? Uh, we got flashbacks, we've got flash forwards, we've got Zathras, one of the best characters in science fiction. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, just so much good stuff. It's 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 great. We just love it. What about you guys? Same. I mean, there's there's a reason I do a whole podcast about time travel on Star Trek. It's it's got to be time travel. If you can introduce that concept, you're already onto a winner. You know that that's already secured a few points as far as jump gates. Uh, not to tip my hand for later, 
Um, but the the idea that it's tying into what the story was going to be doing and, you know, what Sinclair's destiny is and it's taking all the things that have been building up all season to give us some sort of release, but we still don't quite know how all the dots are connected. And then we see Delane and we get a little bit more about the Greyhounds as well. They've just added this little extra bit on top. It's just um, just a great action-y, timey-wimey episode. Yeah, that's right. I mean, they, it, like I say, time travel. You know, it's mm-hmm. it, you don't realise it's time travel and, and it doesn't really sort of play on it too much. It's appeared from the past. That's mm-hmm. about as much as we get mm-hmm. until we see the one. We, we'll uh, discuss that as we get to it. But my, my question that I have for you boys, is it fasten and then zip or zip and then fasten? <laughs> I was going to ask the same thing. And I was going to ask the same thing. <laughs> it's fasten and zip. You know this thing. Yeah, it's zip. true. It's true. What I want to know is why no one's thought of like a, you know, 22nd century, like new evolution. You know, why are they still using zips? You know, aren't we all on Velcro and some like weird alien new technology? You don't mess with what works. I suppose, I suppose. That's one of the best parts of, of Babylon 5. It's these small little character moments that don't really mean anything, but they mean so much. Just like when they they, they mess with uh, Ivanova in the morning with the breakfast. Well, that's, isn't it? that's like, the first classic. scene, isn't it? Yeah, that's a great yeah. scene. Where they just... And the thing is, it, it you know it's Sinclair that sort of starts hypnotizing her, if you like, to the time I learned to really appreciate mornings was during the three years I spent being taught by Jesuits. Mm. We used to get up at five o'clock every morning for sunrise mass, then an hour of meditation before class. We would sit quiet, at peace, breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out. And then they quickly switch all the, all the plates around. Well, what? Oh, that was great. Boy, I just hit the spot. I see you cleaned your plate, too. Mm-hmm. Guess I better get going. Me, too. It's nearly 7.30. Seven, 7.30? I, I didn't even... I slept through breakfast? This isn't fair. Is that... Something, Lieutenant Commander? No, nothing. I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. You'll have to excuse me. Uh, CNC, this is Ivanova. I realize I'm late, but I'm on my way. And then you can see Sinclair making a hasty retreat quickly out the way. I'll notify your next of kin. Four, three, two, one. Oh, Garibaldi! You're a dead man! Why is it Garibaldi? It was Sinclair. It was Sinclair's fault. It's always Garibaldi. <laughs> Garibaldi started it. That's it. He was doing oh. the thing in the, the lifts last week. He was like <laughs> uh, turning his sofa around so he's looking at the, the door in his quarters the other week. Um, he's, he's always to blame, isn't he? He's always behind it. But you say that it doesn't really have anything to do with any, but it does like set up the premise that if you're not observing stuff, time can shift differently. Mm. Like from a writing point of view, it's already introducing this concept to the, the listeners, uh, to the to the watchers, to to sort of be aware that if you're not paying attention, you could easily miss a few details. And I quite liked that. It was kind of like a little tiny version of what the rest of the episode was doing. That's. I think it's probably one of the best openings for Babylon Five mm. that we've seen. Yeah, I did like that because you know they've now got to the point where they're so you know good, you know so close, you know as you know workmates as friends that they can do that to each other and you know and sort of you know take the mickey out of each other. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see if Ivanova can get her own back at some point. That that would be. Uh, mm. 
just after this, uh, Delenn uh, decides to take a little trip. She disappears off. And you see her um, a bit later on. She's She comes across this huge ship. I mean, it is massive. It's almost the same size as Babylon 5. It's, it's a huge thing. And we find out that it's the, the Grey Council have called her to a meeting. And they basically want to put her as the... As the um, the head of the Great leader. Council. Yeah. Yeah, because it's been 10 years since Ducat has died. Mm. So it's it's time for uh, the morning to be over and it's time to get on with the business of life. Uh, but she she would rather stay on Babylon 5. She says this is where her destiny lies and where you know she needs to be. Mm. Which is quite um, a statement. I mean, it's only just a little ship, you know, that you can just there's nothing going on there really. You're just a diplomat on there. Why would you do that when you could be the head of the Great Council? I mean, that's a that's the thing. Uh, she's got to follow the uh, calling of her heart. Yeah. Yeah. It's very uh, Hitchhiker's Guide. You know, the, the person who is most fit to lead is the one who doesn't want it. Yes. Um, so that, you know, Delaney would be the best leader. And obviously, they all realize that. That's why they voted her in. Um, and, you know, very overly dramatic members of the council. The guy with the, the sort of hands in a very big triangle, because, you know, obviously they love triangles, but he was always pointing up and looking around, we have voted this way. And he was very overdramatic, whereas her friend was much more natural, and I, I liked that. Um, but, yeah, they really like to go for the full dramatic, don't they? Like, uh, turn the lights on, spotlights only in certain areas. It's almost like they've got a budget and they can't pay for all the lighting in the room, but um i mentioned this the other time i had a little bit of an airplane moment where the screen froze on garibaldi and there should be someone in the background moving i kind of want to make this a regular thing because i've spotted another airplane moment in this gray council scene where they were voting and they all just turned their lights off and it just went dark are they all just standing there in the dark at the end are they going to walk into things we hear like pots and pans being like toppled over and oh my knee oh, oh someone turn on the light again <laughs> Jeffrey turn on the light oh and they're all they, they turn all the lights back on and they're all just laying in plane <laughs> on the floor yeah, that's me that you was, fool. <laughs> that was definitely the airplane moment for the entire episode for me <laughs> well I, I think the um the Mimbari have uh, four casts you have the religious cast you have the warrior cast uh, the worker cast and the outcast Oh, there you go. Very nice. And we have the podcast, so that's ah, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, because she has warned that if she doesn't take a position, she will become an outcast. Think hard, Delenn. This council has never before been divided. We may best avoid division by removing you from our company. You could become outcast. And the way he mm-hmm. said it, I thought... Is that actually a cast? Are they, is, he, is he making a point or is he just having a joke? Play on words? <laughs> or is it just the way he paused in between the two and it just happened to sound as though there was a fourth cast now? <laughs> you do, do something wrong, you are, you are the outcast. So, but she, she believes what she must, you know, uh, she must do what she believes is right. Um, which I, I suppose is why she doesn't, or she wins the vote in the sense that you know, she can go back to Babylon 5. Um, because they don't want somebody on there that doesn't want to be there. That, that, mm. that wouldn't be good, is it? And and she she's basically told if you take you know you, you if you take the, uh, the the position, you will be in this room in the in, in this room for the rest of your life. Right. Mm. So when you were saying about the uh, the room being switched, the lights really off, yeah, that's the that's the toilet time. 
you retire there's to a your checklist. little checklist. Yeah. There's a checklist. Do we pay the electric bill? No. Uh, do we free the worker class? No. Um, what else are we going to do? Oh, I don't know. Yes, yes. It's a bit uh, It's a bit of a strange setup, really. It is, I don't think it's explained too well what these guys actually do. It was the first time I, I, I've noticed the skull caps when they were taking the, the hoods off and some of them were sort of obviously the actors were struggling to get yes, it over the, the points. Yeah. It was the first time I noticed the difference. You know, Delenn has a single point and some of the warrior cast, I'm guessing, have three points. Is that? That's what I, that's what I think it is. Yeah. Because is it like more, a significant uh, thing? Yeah. They're more violent. So their, their headpiece looks uh, more dangerous, I think. At least is, that's what I've always thought. Yeah. It's been so long since I've watched Babylon 5. I couldn't remember if that's ever actually explain in the show or if that's just a, a little detail they throw in or, or anything like that but there seemed to be a big difference in the ones who had three spikes to the one who had a single spike and and the way they voted as well yes i did notice they struggled to get the uh, <laughs> the ones <laughs> off the top i thought they and i think that the first guy as he was doing it sort of went oh, oh you could see it in his face he went oh damn it's caught and then he managed to flick it back but then the second guy did the same sort of thing <laughs> So in the in the meantime, though, um, we have Sinclair and Garibaldi. Like you say, they they take a trip across to the um, to, to try and find what this disturbance is. Tachyon beams everywhere, or tachyon particles, I should say. They're they're, they're obviously uh, picking them up on the uh, on the, in their detectors. So they fly out to see what it is, and they find it's Babylon Four, the one that mysteriously disappeared four years ago, is now reappeared four years later. So. Uh, so it's going to take them like two and a half hours to, to get there. So as we said uh, just before, you know, what do you talk about? Well, you know, which, which, how, how do you do up your trousers? And well, let's go, let's talk about socks. No. I mean, oh my goodness. You know, there's so many other things you could be talking about. <laughs> like, like, what did you do on Babylon? Did, did you ever go to Babylon for, or did you ever see it or, yeah, what have you heard about? You know, all these sort of things. What could be there when we get there? No, let's talk about how you do your trousers up. Yeah. Three hours is a long time to fill, uh, <laughs> you know. They, they never show that aspect of space travel. No, on, that's very uh, true. On, on most TV shows. It, oh, yeah, we'll just skip that part and now we're there. <laughs> yes, that's right. I mean, I know it's 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 mentioned here that it's going to take them a long time to get there, but they always do say it's going to take an hour and a half to get back or whatever. You know, it's it's it is uh, it is mentioned a lot. Uh, but when they get there, obviously the you know, the place is in, in turmoil. There's, you know, it's shaking, it's rocking, it, it's vibrating, but nobody really says what it is. It just it's just happening again. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they've got to get all these people off. And they've got all the ships there, and the, you know, I mean, how are they supposed to get that many people off just by holding them back behind gates like that? I mean, it, with the snow fencing, that was that was high tech. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. Just five, just five. So they open the doors. I mean, with that much pressure behind it, everybody would be through. <laughs> right, stop there. Close the gate. Close the gate now. Um, but there's chaos at the departure gate. I mean, there's, there's um, and they're, they're told about um, this this person that they found um which they uh, are shown and uh, it turns out to be our good friend Zathras the mysterious Zathras and he's he looks at Sinclair and he's looking at him goes oh oh no no not the one what do you mean not the one what do you mean but (laughs) 
you know, we'll, we'll and we'll come back to this later. But then he, he starts talking in riddles, and he, they, they say, "What are you doing here?" And he said, "And he apparently just appeared one day." Yeah, he's not the one. Not the one. He's will be one. the one, but not the one yet. Not yet. Not the one. <laughs> he wants the station. Yeah. Do you think it, it, it seems a bit odd, though, doesn't he? I mean, it, it's a bit odd for somebody who wants the station. I mean, you'd think he'd be a bit more of a, a warrior or a, you know, maybe an infiltrator, so maybe a sort of you know, special forces type person of, of his race. But no, it just seems he's going to die. He's going to die. You want someone maybe more expendable? Like, mm-hmm. if this is going to be a massive war, you just need the, the janitor guy, you know, the guy who can sort of send in, you don't really need in the fight. You just need him to deliver something to some random timey-wimey guy who's in a spacesuit, and that's it. Die. Done. Besides, this is Zathras, not Zathras or Zathras. Yeah, that's true. That's what about right. Zathras? No, not no, him either. No, not him. Oh, okay. No, definitely right. not. This is this, this no. is Athras instead. That's Athras. Ah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they do they do say to him, "Look, you know, we, we can take you with us. We, you know, what, what if we put you on trial?" He says, "Zathras, not of this time. You take Zathras, Zathras die. You leave Zathras, Zathras die. Either way, it is bad for Zathras. Zathras does not want to die, but if it is the only way, then Zathras dies." It is life. <laughs> yeah, he's a philosopher. Yeah. Yes, I mean he's obviously there. He's there. He reports there's going to be this great big war, and this, you know, it's it can be it can be stopped if he can find the one, uh, but we don't know who the one is. But then there's a time quakes. Sorry, what? Oh yeah, time quakes. That's a good. That's a good name for it. That's what I figured we can call it because it's it's shaking the station and. Uh... Boxes are falling down and there's sparks, so it's a time quake. So, uh, so yeah, so that, so in you know they have to, to to get off and help Garibaldi, and in doing so, Zathras <laughs> manages to escape. When the two security guards are stood there and they sort of look at each we other go and go, after him? Yeah, <laughs> hang, "Hang on, he's he's running away. What what should we do? <laughs> Let's get him. Oh, Not supposed on. to do that. Oh, yeah. all right." Oh, okay, then. oh, oh! Maybe we should have stood between him and the door instead of behind him. <laughs> Come on, guys! It's the worst security ever. First day on the job, you know. Babylon Ford only just come into operation. Maybe it was their first day, and they just—they're not very good security guards. I mean, in their perspective, they've only been on duty for about two hours. So, you know. Yeah, and I suppose they've also got the problem of you know the whole place is going to pop. It's going to explode. But Darling. you two need to stay here and look after this weirdo. So. Yeah. <laughs> It's always the way, but uh, but then um, the, as they sort of chase after Zathras, they they suddenly see uh, this person in a spacesuit suddenly appears. Uh, it's Zathras. Captain Kirk from the Tholian Web. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's actually somebody from two thousand and one. Yeah, I was getting big two thousand and one vibes. I was wondering if this was a reference. It is the suit. Yes, it is the suit that is hanging up in in two thousand and one. It also appears somewhere else as well, which I can't remember. So Sinclair wants to. See, yeah, wants to see who this person is. So he goes up to him and he goes to touch his hand, and boom, he gets thrown back into a load of boxes. Now I, I watched this scene closely, but he really gets some height. I mean, the stuntman, mm. whoever, whoever it was, he's really high up when he when he gets yeah. and he misses all it the was, boxes. It was impressive. <laughs> yeah, just knocks a few over with his hand as he's going past. It's uh, yeah, it was a pretty good stunt. That I mean, obviously pulled back on a bit of string or something, but wow, uh, mm. it really went flying. 
Um, so they don't, uh, all, all the confuffles, Athras gives the one something. The time stabilizer. But then he disappears, so we, we don't see him again. Oh, okay. Uh, there he goes. Um, and the, everybody eventually manages to, to get off the ship and oh, you know, away they go, uh, back to safety. But then we get a scene with um, Zathras. Uh, oh, Zathras gets trapped, doesn't he, on the, under a, a pipe, and they have to leave him there, which is a bit off, really. Um, mm. So then the one comes up and helps him and takes his hat off or takes his helmet off, and it's a very old Sinclair. So with a scar as well. Big scar, so, yeah. 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 Did, did either of you see that coming, or did you, did you think it was going to be somebody else? Or Well... If I hadn't have seen this 10 or 12 times already, maybe <laughs> I would have thought it was somebody else. <laughs> well, when you saw it the first time, did you think it was somebody else? Did... That's 30 years ago. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, this I, is the I don't first... think I knew who it was. <laughs> this is the first time I've rewatched this episode um, because it, I've only seen Babylon 5 once all the way through. Mm-hmm. And at the back of my mind, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Sinclair, but I couldn't remember. So when it finally happened, it was like, yeah, yeah, definitely. That makes now much more sense. And the fact, you know, he was touching like the timey-wimeyness that he is then connected to, and it, it all kind of made sense after a while. Um, but yeah, I, it was a nice little twist, and it's it's fun to see sort of old Sinclair and possibly the hand of Delenn on his shoulder. Oh, definitely, definitely her voice. It sounds like her voice, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. Um, but she's wearing some sort of purple blouse as we can just sort of work out from the side bit. Um, but it all happened as he remembered. So I liked it. It's, it's ominous. Mm. It's yes. a it's a great uh, foreshadowing of things to come. Mm. Speaking of ominous, though, no one can seem to finish their sentences in this episode. Did anyone else notice this? Like the guy who first saw Babylon 5 it was like, oh, my God, it's he cuts off. <laughs> Oh, then you mean, it's uh, the, the Alpha 7 uh, Star the, Fury flight? Yeah. Thing? And then Garibaldi does it. So, like, what the doesn't finish his sentence? And there's a good, like, three second pause before we move to the next scene. Uh, then there's another uh, guy. I think it's one of the, yeah, it's one of the security guards. And he also says, like, um, I can't believe it's a, and he stops. <laughs> and then it's the commander of Babylon 4 who said, look, it's really complicated, but we, and he doesn't finish his sentence. Four people do not finish their sentences in this episode. <laughs> Didn't even notice. Really took awesome. me out of it. Really took me. It's like, why are they leaving these cuts? Like, they don't just cut to the next scene. It's literally three or four beats before it moves into the next sentence. And it's just really weird. And that, I have to say, did take me out of it just a little bit. Well, maybe it was because they had they were getting paid by the word. And they, mm. had a, they had a budget for each person. And each person ran out of the budget just on that sentence. That makes sense, actually. Yeah, that could be what it was. And I didn't really know what was going on with Commander, uh, what's his name, from the Major from Babylon 4. He didn't really know what to do with his hands. Again, that's <laughs> another thing I noticed. He was standing very rigidly to attention. It was like, do I express? Do I emote? Where's the camera? I don't really know where I am. And the placing was all over the place. He was, I don't know, from the Talia uh, School of Acting, I think, as, as Sean has said in the past, very similar vibes there. I didn't really quite know if he was comfortable in the role or what he was doing or whether he'd actually learned his lines or whether he was reading from an auto cue. I'm not entirely sure. But yeah, again, another thing that just took me just a little bit out of it. Well, now I have to go back and watch it just to uh, <laughs> just watch his hands. all these observations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. It was a very strange salute he gave um, mm. uh, Sinclair as well. When Delenn is given the triluminary 
Trilumin, Trilumin, um, Triluminary, that's right. She's told, uh, she says, oh, I can't have this. It's, you know, it's, you know, it's a great honour, but you know, I can't have this. It's, it's too rare. Goes, oh, don't worry, there are two more. <laughs> Is that all? And, and then she's told, um, you know, you are surrounded by signs and portents, which was the title of one of the episodes. Mm. Yes. Feedback, which was one of our big episodes, the signs and portents, which is when we first see the uh, the shadows. So you got guys got anything else you want to bring up about uh, this episode? Yeah, it was nice. Oh, the jump forward and the jump back in the time traveling when yes. Sinclair and Garibaldi experienced the future in the past. Mm. One, I enjoyed Garibaldi's callback. So we got to see Lise Hampton, who he was desperately trying to find out about in Voice in the Wilderness and, you know, why they broke up and the god awful 90s outfit that Garibaldi seemed to be wearing at the time. Um, and then the jump forward to possibly the most extreme paintballing I've ever seen um, with. With Garibaldi and the Gatling gun, knowing that he now knows his place and that he's firing on someone who's just welded their th- way through into the wherever they were. Uh, but he was like, come get some, come get some. Ah, it was very Starship Troopers um, or yeah. just someone taking uh, you know team building a little bit too seriously. We will mention that scene in the trivia, which will be mm. right after this promo for another show on the ESO Network. So Brittany, Martha... <laughs> Tell me about your podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like we're in sync, but also kind of a disaster. We are always a disaster. So our podcast is fun if you want to hear two people talk about and complain about stuff that <laughs> a they lot of love and also hate. And drink. And drink. And the show is Same. called? Oh. <laughs> but, but first, let's, let's talk, talk nerdy. And you can find us on the ESO Network. Bye-bye. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> So yes, the, uh, the this um, episode uh, to get into the trivia uh, is one of the few um, shows that has an ad lib that was allowed. The flash forward scene, which um, Dan just mentioned, where Garibaldi is leading the security forces in the defence of uh, an attack on the station, as he fires his weapon, he shouts at the enemy, "Come on, take some! How about you? How about you? Come on, take some! Take some! Take some!" Or something like that. Uh, when asked uh, in an interview uh, how Garibaldi knew where to shoot and uh, when the other scenes indicated that the attackers were invisible, uh, JMS explained that Jerry Doyle ad-libbed the dialogue and none had been written for that scene. And Doyle felt as though an emotionally charged battle uh, like that would have been fought, wouldn't have been fought in silence. Uh, Straczynski agreed with Doyle, but circumstances prevented him from being present at the filming. He said that if he had been there, he would have written some more lines for Garibaldi. Um, a little bit more trivia. Uh, Babylon 4 was a mile longer than Babylon 5, and it could hold twice as many people, and was equipped with engines allowing it to change locations at will. I didn't. I don't know if you noticed that when uh, Garibaldi and um, uh, Sinclair were approaching uh, Babylon 4, did you notice the way it rotated? Like Babylon 5 rotates, doesn't it? Yeah. So it keeps, yeah. obviously, the gravity. It was mm. rotating, Babylon 4 rotates both directions at the same time. Mm. So it's equipped with a counter-rotation axis, allowing the station to evolve in two directions at once. After, I'd have to think about that as to whether, whether that would work. And how the hell that works if when you get off one bit and you try and get on the other bit, it's whizzing by as you're trying to get across. There must be a way. 
it's that one bit where there's the cat that's also strapped to a piece of buttered toast and then you throw it off uh, a counter and they're just constantly spinning. That's what's happening. There's one guy stuck in the middle between those two points, just constantly spinning. Yeah. I thought there was a guy just sat there playing the flute. There was a woman playing the flute in the, in the gravity yeah. well in the middle. Just a... And then Picard comes in and, oh, right. Yeah, that's yeah. it, yeah. Now, speaking of which, uh, are there any Star Trek connections, uh, Sean? I had to dig real deep for for this one little one that we have. We've got uh, Haley McLean, who is the computer voice on the station. Uh, she was the script supervisor for Star Trek Insurrection, and that wow. is the only Star Trek connection that I could find for this week's episode. My goodness, man, you did really well. Applause there, applause there. That's very good. Incredible. I didn't. I didn't see that. That really requires some digging. Yeah, yeah Okay, so let's move on to our ratings then. Now, IMDb uh, gave gave this an eight point six, which in our jump gates, uh, which we uh, go up to five, uh, equates to four point three, which is in fact the highest rated episode of an IMDb. Uh, what do you reckon, Sean? Uh, I'm I'm tempted to give it uh, a four point five. Um, that's only a nine out of 10. It, it might be even worth 9.5. Uh, so you know what, I'll do that. What, what is that gonna be? Uh, 4.75, it's an, it's an excellent episode. I've been looking forward to it all season. It, it's got the fasten and then zip. It, it's got time travel. It, it's got Zathras. Can't talk, won't talk, not the one. Uh, it, it's got uh, the Great Council. It's it's got the Triluminary, which is uh, going to be pretty important in a couple episodes. Uh, I, I would give it a five, but I'm sorry, but Jerry Doyle really needed a haircut this episode, so <laughs> I, I just can't, I just can't give it a perfect score. Yeah, I did notice that he was uh, his hair was quite long, even though it's he's got that I don't know what they call it really, but you know, it's he's going bald. The, the widow's peak. With I, the spiky. I, I thought you were going to mm. I thought you were going to say that, but. Yeah, it's a it's a strange one. When you let it grow long like that, it does look odd. It's from the front, it looks like a Mohican, but then obviously you realize very quickly. You look at the sides; it's, it's still it's still all there. But yeah, he just needed to. I think a couple of times he's had it shorter than that, hasn't he? It looks. Oh yeah, yeah. He's usually more uh, crew cut or whatever. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Dan. Hmm. It's not a five. Um, as much as I enjoy time travel and I like all the characters set up, I really enjoyed the intro scene with the prank on Ivanova. Um, I like the hard sci-fi that they have the three hour trip and that that leads to a little fasten and zip conversation. There's, you know, Delenn's mystery, which, you know, there was, there was enough there for us to get some kind of inkling of what the Grey Council is. But again, I don't know, it just felt like it didn't need to be here. And obviously there are all the characters who can't finish the sentence which kind of threw me out as well and uh, yeah there's bits here and there that kind of throw me out so i'm gonna go for a four four out of five okay still a, still a decent score so my rating i'm sort of with dan there's there's a few things in here that put me out put me out a little bit the, the pacing was very odd um again it seemed to be so much squeezed into the first half um they flipped back to delen just to have a you know like a, a 
a 30, 40 second scene and then would flip back out again to you know something else. Then they flip back to Delenn again for another 40 second scene and there was nothing being progressed. Um, the, uh, the, the, the action was good. The Zathras you know, part was, was good. Uh, I loved the beginning with the, with the prank on Ivanova. Um, pretty much the only bit we get to see of her. Um, apart from the end, so uh, I, I, I think probably I haven't really made my mind up beforehand. This is so I'm really sort of yeah. Thinking. I'm going to revise mine too while we're at it. I'm just going to go with uh, four point five instead of seven five. Give it a nine out of ten. Okay, 5. we've convinced you to go lower. Oh dear, you have, mm. you have. Yeah, I think this is an eight out of ten. So four, yeah. the same as Dan, really four, four jump gates. I think it's because like size and portents works as an episode in and of itself. It's setting up things, but if you just watched it with none of the, the you know, the uh, the psychic premonitions and prophecies, it's a good episode in and of itself. It all links up, you know, I'm going to die based on the shadows and he gets killed by a shadow by the end of the episode. It all kinds of works, but it's also playing into the wider story. Whereas this is so reliant on you knowing the wider story that, is it's too much of setting up and not enough payoff in the own in its own episode for me. Sean has given it his highest rating of all, um, and me and Dan have just sort of plonked it in the middle of everything else. Really, you know, it's, it's sort of it's sort of there. It's not in our top. It's not in our bottom. So, uh, I think that's the end of the episode. I think so. Yep. Don't forget, you can get this podcast from wherever you, you get your podcasts from. And join us again next week, where we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 19, The Quality of Mercy. Zathras not up this time. You take, Zathras die. You leave, Zathras die. Either way, it is bad for Zathras. <laughs> if you just tell us how to stop no, this! No, no. <laughs> You're willing to let yourself die to steal a space station? Zathras does not want to die. But if it is the only way, then Zathras dies. It is life. If you have any thoughts on this episode, why not send in some feedback to the epsilon3 at gmail.com. That's three spelled T-H-R-E-E, not the number. Or you can find us on our Facebook page. Just search for the Epsilon 3. And lights... Good night. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.